So last year for Halloween to celebrate, we watched every Halloween movie we could get our hands on. We sure did, Chris. Yeah. Fun time. Yeah, I had a blast. Didn't exactly come out before Halloween. Um, We launched... Did it not? No, it didn't. We we, we launched the website November 1st, dropped all four (laughs) episodes that we had recorded in preparation in a single day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think that kind of shot all of them in the foot, in a sense, Mm. to a degree. Yeah. But anyways... I do remember... (laughs) I do remember having vague talks about trying to get it out before halloween, halloween. Like on halloween day kind of and you thing, working yeah. very hard and me being like yeah oh no i wasn't super like super about that and yeah. you you like stood up and you're like okay you took your sweater off you're like i'm sorry i'm getting real hot just thinking about all the work i just put into this <laughs> yeah it was like two or three days of like no sleep it's crazy um but this year we had a little more time to prep Absolutely. and actually a couple more movies I think, just a matter of fact, there's more Friday the 13th movies. So, uh, this time around, we're starting early. September 26th. Which Happy will Halloween, be, everyone. When you guys hear it, this is our first Friday the 13th episode. Uh, our plan is by the 31st to have tackled every Friday the 13th movie. And I thought, what better place to start than the beginning? Friday the 13th Part 1. But anyways, I want to talk about something specific. You know, it's still kind of a cold open, I'd say. Uh, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel, Siskel, Siskel and Ebert, those guys. I'm so bad with last names all the time, even though I've heard. You're not super great with first names either. Nope. But anyways, um, they are a couple of guys who just hated uh, the Friday the 13th series. It's my understanding at the time. Can't imagine why. From... um, just what I've heard people say. Uh, this was seen as like the downfall of civilization. Like Friday the Thirteenth was like just lauded as like the worst thing that had ever happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One thing I would like to do, if you're interested, see how well it goes. I have a scan of some of Gene Siskel's um, critique of the Friday the Thirteenth movie when it came out. So this was published in 1980. And uh, Gene says, It has been suggested to me that a great way to keep people from seeing a truly awful film is to tell them the ending. I like that idea a lot, and I know it is a powerful and controversial weapon, so you're going to have to trust me to use it wisely and sparingly. In the Meat Cleaver and the Forehead movie Friday the 13th, which also features a bloody slow-motion decapitation, the killer turns out to be a bitter old lady played by Betsy, I've Got a Secret, Palmer. It seems that 23 years ago her son drowned at a summer camp while a couple of counselors were off having sex in a hayloft. Since the boy's drowning, there have been a rash of unsolved murders at the camp. Also, about 85 minutes into Friday the 13th, we learn that, sure enough, it's Palmer's fault. She got this thing for... She's got this thing. <laughs> she got this thing. She's got this thing for counselors at Camp, Camp Crystal Lake. And if you wait another 10 minutes, you can see one of the teenage girl counselors cut Palmer's head off. So right from the rip, I'm going to keep going, but right from the rip, just spoiled the movie in his, uh, in his, in his review. Um, yeah, I don't love... I, I, I'm not like a big... So bad with last names. Um, immediately forgot both of these guys' names. Uh, uh, Ebert and, and Siskel. Siskel. Siskel, yeah. Not a big... Siskel and Ebert. Uh, fan of theirs. Like, I'm not, like, you know. Yeah. I very rarely seek other stuff. But every time I hear something by them like that, I'm just like, so cool. Like, even <laughs> if I disagree with the way. The, like, 
<laughs> like just ah, oh, so cool. I don't yeah. like. I don't necessarily agree with uh, this being the da- downfall of civilization, but him being like, I don't want you to see this movie, so here's the ending. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I got a love hate relationship with them both. All right, up next. Now there, I hope I've ruined Friday the 13th, which is the latest film by one of the most despicable creatures ever to infest the movie business, Sean S. Cunningham. Bold claim. It's pretty harsh, yeah. You may have heard of one of his other films, The Last House on the Left, a film in which a teenage girl is forced at gunpoint to urinate on herself and then is shot in the head. Cunningham's specialty is that old, sick standby teenage girls in peril. In scene after scene in Friday the 13th, we see girl counselors stripped down to their underclothes, only to be stalked by the unsame killer, who we now know as Palmer, looking very much like a lumberjack. One girl gets the meat cleaver slammed into her forehead, another's throat is slashed, and we see the fake blood spurt towards the camera. Cunningham takes it a little easier on the boys. One is merely stabbed in the stomach, another's throat is pierced from the back of his neck by a knife. Then this scan cuts out, so we'll pick up where it continues. Blah, 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 blah from the hit shocker Halloween, which uh, was much less bloody, much less explicit about its attacks, and much better directed by John Carpenter. So apparently, did like Halloween. The point is this. There was nothing to Friday the 13th other than its sickening attack scenes. Remove them, and you're left with an empty movie. Friday the 13th is being distributed by Paramount Pictures, and it is very surprising to see a major, publicly held film company handle a movie as bloody as this. Previously, Cunningham had to work with small-time independent uh, releasing companies. Uh, Paramount is a division of Gulf and Western Industries. If you want to complain about the film, you can write Charles G. Boldhorn, 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 the chairman of the board of Gulf and Western at blah, 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 blah. He gives out their address basically for you to write Paramount and complain. Um, and then he also, gives out, he also gives out Betsy, Betsy Palmer's address and says, I'm sure a letter... Uh, we'll you know, get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically he gives out Paramount and, and, and Betsy Palmer's address. Yeah, he had me and then he lost me. <laughs> Friday the 13th has been given an R rated by the motion, R rating by the Mo- Motion Picture Association of America. If any film should be X rated on the basis of violence, this is it. But Paramount uh, pays part of the salary of the MPPAA people who determine the ratings. And this is clearly a case where a big studio gets a less restrictive rating than is proper. What a dweeb. That sucked, yeah. <laughs> now, granted, I've always heard people say the thing about how he gave out her address. Uh, at least in that, could be elsewhere, I don't know, but at least in that, there's no specific, like, one, two, three, Shady Lane. It just says she lives in this city in Connecticut, and if you send her letters, general delivery, they'll get to her. Okay. Well, Which, that still sucks. Yes. Yeah. Um, a little too far, but, yeah. You can see why I'm 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a big deal to send it to Paramount, but to drop, hey, why don't you go ahead and send the actress some letters? She lives in this state. Also, I remember like, reading it. She wasn't a huge fan of this movie either. She mm-hmm. thought it was garbage and was just yeah. doing a job. So Yeah, she got paid like $10,000, which was just enough for her to get a car she wanted. Yeah, so yeah, calm down, not Roger Ebert. But from there, and I think in response to... Um, I'll, I'll mention what's in response to. That was a weird sentence structure. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> I, I believe uh, Cecil and uh, Siskel and uh, Ebert uh, also hosted like a TV special talking about these slasher films and basically proposing, you know, very misogynist and that kind of a thing, right? And in re- response, there's that um, uh, there's that article by Carol Clover that I always bring up the uh, her body himself the 
the uh, feminist rethinking of horror films about how it's empowering for women and it's because of its like low budget and low like uh, studio you know interference and it's so just closely related to young people kind of a thing that it's such a it's a it's a very valuable like tool to kind of get a finger on the pulse for how this generation is feeling about gender identity or yeah. sexuality and stuff like that uh, i believe that was written in response to you know cecil and ebert taking over the airwaves to to really really slander the names of slasher films not to say that like i'm i'm not saying that from like a biased place where i'm like they have value i can't believe they'd sl- tarnish the the great name of yeah you know friday the 13th jason takes manhattan you know <laughs> but anyways uh yeah what's your what's your read on all that bunch of hogwash now i don't um uh interesting to feels... think these movies sparked such heated debate i guess yeah literally um, leading to like academic uh you know articles being published in books yeah i think it didn't need to be and i think uh ebert and siskel siskel yeah um the idea of them going on tv to talk about that like that so pretentious that's the worst thing i've ever heard um even his review the later half of his review where he's like you should complain you should write these people and complain that that sucks and blows um (laughs) i don't think these movies are worth that kind of time or effort yeah um we'll get into it when we start talking about the movies movies Mm -hmm. but i don't chris i don't like these movies Mm -hmm. um even like even like the bad halloweens that we watched yeah I can find something in other dollars. Really? Those ones? I really can't stand the um, Halloween sequels. Like, I mean, I can... There's a, a awful, awful charm to those that I like. Yeah. Um, again, I'll get more into it in a minute, but yeah, no, this first Friday the 13th, I can't imagine seeing it and being as upset he, as he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can imagine watching this in the 80s and being like, okay. Yeah. And then moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I do like the piece written by Carol Clover. Carol Clover. I do think that's fun and insightful. Yeah. And pretty accurate. But what's his name? Oh, Sis- Siskel. Yeah. Siskel and Ebert. Fuck yeah. those guys. Wow. Fun story. I do, I do. Apparently, they hated each other in real life. Like, just couldn't stand each oh, other. Oh, really? Like, was there a reason? Just differing opinions? Just or? differing opinions and just their personalities. Like, they were still, like, friends but also enemies like they're colleagues and they got along but they also just couldn't stand each other i remember hearing a story about the two of them being on a plane and siskel mm-hmm. uh was just talking and talking and talking and talking and it was just driving driving roger ebert crazy and so he wrote a, a little note give it to a flight attendant to give to him and the note said uh dear mr siskel uh is your pilots we heard you were on the flight and we're just huge huge film fans and we're huge fans of your work so if it's not too much and you get a minute we'd love for you to come up here and talk to us about movies and so he got the letter and was like oh and just went strolling up there and walked into the pilot's <laughs> cabin and got in a shit ton of trouble it's very funny it's the best bit of best practical joke i've ever heard yeah you know who loved these movies who mr joe bob briggs another film Ooh. critic i do love joe bob who i respect a bit more very punk rock approach that man had. He's the only other person besides myself that I know who loved Halloween Kills. So I like Joe <laughs> Bob. Um, but from here, that's about that for that anecdote. So we could probably just roll the music. All right. <laughs>
Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Kremlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. So, sorry with Friday the 13th, part one. Right. Meal time. Here's the mail jingle. I gotta write one of those one of these days. Yeah. I keep thinking about it. Also, I didn't get those files. No, shit. I never said it. Okay, well, I'll do the quick pause here. All right, here we go. Friday the 13th, Part 1. In 1978, the little indie horror film that could, Halloween, was released in theaters, unknowingly uh, solidifying the formula of the slasher film, costing only $300,000 to make and collecting $70 million at the box office. Halloween took the world by storm, created a genre, and inspired Paramount Productions and Warner Brothers to go, hey, we can do that, and worse, probably. Uh, so less than two short years later, Friday the 13th was released on May 9th, 1980, directed by Sean S. Cunningham, written by Victor Miller, and starring a bunch of people around Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Kevin, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Friday the 13th cemented itself firmly into the Horror Film Hall of Fame. Sprawling 11 sequels, several novels, comic books, a television series, and a few video games, this film is not what we would call good. At this point in the letter is normally when the plot summary would go, but the craziest thing the crazy thing is, you already know it, for a movie that is so deeply inherently not great, it and its premise uh, have become household pop culture knowledge, a bunch of horny teenagers... Uh, sorry, teenage summer camp counselors are preparing before the campers arrive, and while they uh, get high, have sex, and play Monopoly with each other, a serial killer stalks them from the woods one by one. They get killed off, and yada, yada, yada. You know exactly where this goes. I don't get it. Hopefully the rest of these get better. That's a joke. I know they don't. Five out of ten. Chris? Yeah? What's your history with Friday the 13th Part 1? Um... It's perhaps a movie I skipped over when I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, though, that this, this is the horror franchise that like got my attention more than any other ones. Yeah, you look uh, like it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't a very big Halloween fan. Wasn't a very big Nightmare on Elm Street fan. In fact, Nightmare on Elm Street, I remember seeing the first one, and it scared me so bad uh, that I couldn't sleep alone. Uh, that one scared the fuck out of me. I don't think I've ever seen any of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one was um, scary as a child, but not so scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it being set in the woods, I, f- I think, made it feel remote enough that it wasn't like I was going to bed like, oh, Jason might be here, you know? I know it's safe in the city. You know, and your folks moved out to the sticks. Right? As an adult, you're like, I'm scared out here. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, they're just fun. Even then, as a kid, I had fun with them. It was you know one of those things where, as silly as it is now, um, you know, just seeing people smoking weed or having sex, I was like, oh, this is what adults do. You know, um, it's just kind of fun. You know, it's like it's almost like having older cousins or something like that, and like getting to hang around them. You yeah. Know? Um, so there were there were there was there was a lot of fun I had with it. Um, uh, what about you? I mean, you, you, the, the, as the letter states, I'm assuming you uh, you have a pop culture relationship to this more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I God, I can't remember. Did have you and I seen this before together? Did we watch probably? This first one? I've seen this one more than I've seen any of the sequels. Yeah, I. Um, 
yeah, I just like everybody else in the world through osmosis, I know of these movies and yeah. the fun fact of like the it's not Frankenstein, it's Frankenstein's monster of this movie. Scream. The, Scream. Yeah, of this movie being like, no, nah, it's the mom. Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty much all I knew about this going into it. And again, um, I think we've talked about this before on the show, but I had never been a big horror guy up to yeah. five years ago and I got yeah. like super into it. And so, yeah, these have always just been kind of under my radar. Um, I do love Halloween. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to slashers, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can have fun with a lot of them. I did have a lot of fun with Halloween. And I'm hoping, Chris, I'm praying, I'm hoping, I'm wishing, however that song goes, I'm wishing, I'm hoping, I'm praying. Yeah. That uh, I like these more as they go on. Yeah. Which so far, spoilers, we've watched three. We're talking about two right now, but we watched up to three. Yeah. I like each one more than I like the last. <laughs> um, um, I will say for me, in terms of slashers, I genuinely like would stand by and be like, okay, this is good. Um, would probably be Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, and so Halloween. I was just going to say that, yeah. Um, and then I almost want to give an honorable mention to Nightmare on Elm Street just because it is so dreamy and inventive. Yeah. I think it's a very imaginative and I, I have respect for the idea of like Wes Craven just hanging around and being like, what about a killer that could get you in your dreams, yeah. you know? And I think it invites a lot of fun, um, you know, concepts like the idea of, you know, I, I like that that series perhaps will tackle it sometime, maybe next halloween but i do like the idea that like throughout the films which you say you've not seen it kind of slips in a dream without letting you know until the scare comes kind of a thing i mean you can kind of tell sometimes but uh as they go on they really go the route of you know something like leprechaun or child's play where it's no longer played for horror yeah my name is freddy krueger and i'm here to say i love scaring (laughs) people in a major way (laughs) but um yeah I did interrupt you though, so if you want to continue. Oh no, um, I, 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 yeah, we watched this, and usually we watch a movie that I know you like. Mm-hmm. I will try my absolute hardest to find something I like in it. Yeah, and I usually do. I yeah, can usually pre- you, you, I, Chris, you're betting like a thousand percent. I don't know what, <laughs> how how batting works, but you've got like a ninety nine percent yeah hit ratio when it comes to movies that you like and are showing me. Yeah, um, and as much as I tried. With this first Friday the 13th, mm. I do not like this movie. Okay. There's not... I, the only thing I will give a thumbs up to is um, Tom Savini. Yeah. All of the, like, what feels like almost practicing in your backyard ways of making special effects and, like, uh, horror, like, just cool kills and stuff like that. Not to be Spike TV about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a lot of that's pretty impressive to see. Um, and I think that's it. Like, I don't like any of the performances. I think the story is pretty boring. I think mm-hmm. every scene, almost every scene in this movie is just mind-numbingly boring to me, and then yeah. someone gets stabbed, and then we move on. Yeah. Um, I liked two more. We'll get to that. Yeah. And then, oh, boy, I loved three. But, oh, we'll get to that next week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm not super hot on this movie, unfortunately. Um... I'll I'll start with a couple of things that I'm sure we'll touch base on as we continue to watch the films. First off, uh, Wes Craven and Sean S. Cunningham, uh, pretty decent friends, I suppose. They worked on things like The Last House on the Left together, cool. as the Cecil Cecil, you know, letter uh, mentioned. Um, 
yes, basically what happened was Sean Cunningham, as C6 said, was working in more of an independent capacity, independently released films. He really wanted to make a name for himself. And I think Friday the 13th is the perfect example of... Um, not the perfect. I guess the Evil Dead probably would be. Or even just Halloween. But Halloween kind of started it. Anyways, it's an example of post-Halloween directors taking advantage of the thing where it's like, okay, these are super cheap and I can immediately be like just blasted into the stratosphere. Did Sean Cunningham capitalize on it? No. Did Sam Raimi? Yes. So, like yeah, I because said. Sam Raimi made a good movie. Yes. And so did John Carpenter. Yeah. Like, that's my big thing. Yeah. About this movie is like, Halloween, very cheap, mm. which caused them to, I think, in a lot of spots, be like, all right, not a lot can be happening in this movie. Yeah. So instead of big, scary stabbings and people's eyeballs popping out, it's going to be slow and dramatic and tense. Yeah. Whereas this one, they had a lot of money and they're like, yeah, cool. We got Tom Savini, which is cool. Yeah. But they don't build up to the Tom Savini stuff that well at all. Yeah. And they kind of, it feels like they're kind of trying to take a page out of the Halloween book where it's like, okay, this will be a build up and slow and suspenseful. But instead of that, it is just boring. Yeah. Like uh, that 10 minutes straight where she makes coffee wrong. I, Blow my brains out. Like I can't, it's so upsetting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in that, what I was talking about, though, is uh, throughout the 80s, uh, Paramount basically kept producing these because it was pretty much the backbone of their income. Yeah. Um, they could spend between a million or two million dollars on this and pretty much be guaranteed their money back tenfold. Um, you know, they yeah. spent two million on it. it makes 20 to 30 million. I mean, that's just raw profit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the most like modern thing I feel like I can equate it to is the Saw movies. Mm -hmm. They don't do those anymore, but mm -hmm. when they did, it used to be... Uh, or Paranormal Activity. Those ones only cost oh, yeah, a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. The first one literally cost 10000 before, you know, advertising. Like, just to shoot the thing, was it was a $10,000 movie. Yeah, and like I... What was the catchphrase? For Saw or Paranormal For Saw, Activity? Saw. Oh, I don't remember. I've actually never seen any of Saw movies. Um, like the trailers used to be like, if it's Halloween, you know it's Saw. Because they would put a Saw <laughs> yeah. every Halloween. Yeah. And I think from what I, I know about these movies, these uh -huh. Friday the 13th movies, I think they kind of go the same route that the Saw movies did where they... Um, we're just putting that shitting out one a year. Yeah, except and for like 83 and 87 or something like that. They become basically parodies of themselves. And while watching it, it feels like the people making this movie hate you for watching this movie. <laughs> and so they're kind of just making fun of you. And the movies just get worse and worse as they go on. Mm -hmm. um, but you can find some kind of charm in it, you know? Yeah. Um, so the first one, for example, cost 500000 made 60000 or $60 million, my bad, $60 million. Um, interesting about these movies, although often associated with Halloween and stuff like that, um, we're pretty much across the board always released in the summer. Strange. I mean, that makes sense. They're at summer camps. Yeah. Sometimes as early as April, sometimes as late as August, but usually in the summer months. So anyways, um, right off the rip to talk a bit about my opinion is to kind of say that I, I I like and I don't like any of these movies. I agree with uh, Siskel in the sense that, yeah, take, you know, the kills out of whatever and it's empty movie. Um, you could kind of say that a little bit almost about any slasher. 
eh, Texas and Halloween might be a bit immune, but I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, there's not a lot going on here. Um, I don't particularly think the setting lends well to, um, you know, something like Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre where for some reason in those movies I feel a little invested like Jamie's Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't really have anything going on but also I don't want her to get murdered you know yeah but there's something about the 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 summer camp that doesn't really set up these characters to have me give a shit does that track at all do you get what I mean yeah because I think there might be too many of them that is also true um I could be wrong I think there, there could be how I don't even remember how many kids there are in Texas Chainsaw Massacre four or five I think there's sister two girls um, i think there's like five okay i feel like there's 11 kids in this movie i could yeah. be wrong but yeah i feel like in halloween it's uh and i don't want to just keep comparing this movie to halloween but i'm going to at every uh. turn um yeah i think in halloween you get the two babysitters and then their two friends that show up right something like that yeah um i don't know i think i th- i think the setting of the 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 summer camp could work really well if just a little bit more time and effort had been putting into it yeah also just the i just, just every the dialogue in this movie is garbage it's just yeah. so bad i can't yeah. listen nobody says anything that i'm yeah. like let alone mm. hey i relate to you and i don't want you to die but just so much like nobody nobody talks like this well that's another thing i guess another thing to bring up in terms of me not being invested is who in this film establishes what they do outside of being a camp counselor nobody because I'm just going to jump forward to the second movie for a split second. At least the one character is like, oh, I'm in grad school and I'm trying to be a child psychologist. Do I care that much? Probably more than these characters, but not significantly more, you know? Yeah. Anyways, um, I like and I don't like, um, obviously, like, in general, I like the woods. Woods are spooky, you know. There's a degree to which uh, I'll get into it more. But, you know, very slight, like, I, I'm not saying Lynchian. I'm saying Twin Peaks vibes. Um, like anytime something's set in the woods and there's like diners and it just feels like a little slice of American pie. It just gives me like a little, you know, Twin Peaks vibes. One of my favorite things in this movie is that diner. It's raining really hard and there's just the big red letters that say yeah. diner. And there's just that lady who's like, you know, the guy got like a coffee and who knows, a slice of pie maybe. And he's like, how much owe you? And she's like, you don't owe me nothing, sweetheart. Just little things like that. There's a lot of like little stuff like that throughout this movie. Like I like how colorful it is. I like the uh, decrepit town that's surrounding the the the, the camp. Um, I love your doom guy. Yeah, I do love Ralph. Or the, you, you're doomed, Ralph, gentlemen. Um, so yeah, so one of the things I do like about this movie is uh, just aesthetically. I'm not saying it's you know the most beautiful film I've ever seen, but I do like like it's very colorful. Um, and yeah, yeah, there, there are, there, I just like looking at it in a sense. Uh, your brain's off, and you're just looking. Um, no thoughts, just looking. Just looking. Um, I do sort of like the idea of the, uh, you know, this folklore thing about this kid who died. Yada yada yada. Everybody tells it around the campfire. It's a lot like the Michael Myers. Like, oh, that's the Myers house. He killed his sister and his parent. You know, that kind of a thing. It's great, but it almost feels like an afterthought. Yeah. That's just something I don't like about this movie. Yeah. Is Miss Voorhees shows up for the last ten minutes of mm-hmm. it, and you see two camp counselors get killed in the fifties at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I can't really remember if they talk much about that at all throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're just having 
the most awkward. Oh, you 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 landed on my boardwalk. Yeah. Now you got to give me your shoes. Oh, shuck, Susan. Just yeah. And that's something that you know it needs saying is Halloween does a better job of that of kind of like like returning to the lore. In a sense, you have you know Loomis to do mm-hmm. that for you. You don't necessarily need a Loomis character, but yes, for them to kind of like touch base with like where we're at with that plot would be nice from time to time um because yes it is empty and barely cohesive but not in the like just in a narrative meat sense you know um it really really is just bare bones there are the kids at this camp you know campground and they're Mm -hmm. getting murdered right um so i think it could have done for a little bit more of like touching base on like you know anything anything Yeah. yeah Um, at the same time, I do kind of like the quality in this film of, um, just kind of like the spacing out of the kills and how like everybody kind of gets killed without the other characters necessarily noticing. Like while you're right, it is very boring and there are some boring scenes. I do like the boring in between scenes, like where we've just seen one character get murdered in like the bathroom and then another girl goes in there to like get ready and like you know that's the the killer's in there and is probably gonna get this girl, you know. There's there's a couple of touches like that that are alright. There's something that bothered me throughout this whole movie. Huh. No way in hell. Uh-huh. No goddamn way. Yeah. Uh eleven kids or how many there are. Yeah. Go to this camp. Uh-huh. And every last one of them brings a raincoat. <laughs> like that was just, I I've never seen so many raincoats in my life. Yeah, I just I, I do know. like them though the yellows and the reds. I and the do, blue. but it was just yeah. so weird to me. Like everybody yeah. would walk in and be like, "Oh, before I leave, I gotta grab my raincoat." Like yeah. even when it's not raining, it's like I, I I it, I don't know why it just took me out of, took me out of the movie. Yeah. So we open in 1958 or whatever. Uh, camp counselors sitting around the fire talking about the Jason shit. I think or no, I think they're just singing songs. I think they're singing like Tom Dooley. They're not talking about Jason. That happens in other films. Uh, a couple of them go to Nick up in the attic. Um, I do love again, like it's, it's just the slice of Americana thing. Like just them wearing their little button-up shirts tucked in their little shorts, their matching outfits, their, yeah, 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 their little belts and stuff. Uniforms, um, as they're called. Yes, and uh, you know. We find out later, but uh, uh, Pamela Voorhees or whatever kills them. Uh, jump forward to modern day, and there's a guy, I think, named Christy, who is opening the camp again. He's uh, having his counselors come into town. I think the first one we kind of meet is the uh, hitchhiking one who wanders through the little decrepit town into, again, something I just love. I love the little scene with the, the counter in the general store where she walks in and says she's going to Camp Crystal Lake, and everyone looks at her like she's a you know fucking maniac yeah i do like i do love it you're right in movies i do love little small town stuff like that yeah. where everybody at the diner knows each other and stuff yeah. like that i don't know if that exists in the real world uh-huh. as much uh-huh. or like to that extent really at least not now i mean it might yeah just in places we don't yeah. live um and every time i see it in a movie i'm like ah oh, that'd be nice i would yeah. love that and then i think about it for a minute and i'm like no and now i would be into that <laughs> but basically a uh, truck driver gives her uh, a ride to the camp or at least to the crossroads close to the camp um this scene was shot with neither of them together that's fun so but anyways i do like the little thing where they're just going back and forth where he's like yeah you're an idiot kid drowned there a couple of people got murdered you guys are gonna get murdered too um does because he say that yeah oh okay and uh she's like come on i'm just working a summer job or whatever and he's like you're just a dumb kid and he she's like yeah well at least i don't believe in ghosts 
and he kind of like looks at her and smiles and then you know drops her off i believe we also meet ralph at this point who's just you know an yeah. old man who apparently has a wife but oh, yeah that's right but he also just bi- bicycles all over the place just going you're doomed if you and your friends stay you'll all die i do love that i love that yeah. I, I love the little touch that he rides a bike everywhere because there's no way this man has a driver's license <laughs> and also supposedly he's a drunk um but anyways we go to the camp we meet kevin bacon uh, as well as a couple of um uh, uh women and a, a, a comic relief character um and we meet Mr. Christie, who looks like our friend Elton. He's chopping. Oh, he really does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's cho- he's trying to get a little stump out of the ground, and um, has all the camp counselors who just show up help him. Um, Alice, we meet as well. I'm gonna jump ahead, and just mark this as my least favorite scene in the whole film. Uh, the one where they're having like the awkward, sexy back and forth while they're fixing the gutter, and he's like trying to like convince her to not go and to stay and he's like touching her face and there's like the uh, sexual undertone that like they kind of have a little bit of a thing i just don't like it i don't even remember this yeah it happens pretty early um but anyways so that's going down as my least favorite anyways from there i don't know there's just fucking around like they're down at the archery range and the one guy who is the comic relief character fires an arrow too close to a woman. Crazy dangerous. Must have been a dangerous thing to shoot, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. It's crazy dangerous two ways for yeah. this to happen in a movie and for them to this do to be it. filmed yeah. in a movie. Yeah. Well, here's another thing. There were no stunt men or anything yeah. on location. They're they just shooting not, arrows at yeah. kids. They did not have the budget, and so everybody in this film did their own stunts. Um, also, one of these kids is Harry Crosby, Bing Crosby's nephew. Fun fact. Yeah, today he is an investment banker. Well, that's uh, fun fact. Yeah. I think we cut back to our little hitchhiking friend who was just get, be, you know, getting a ride from the uh, the semi-truck driver, and she gets picked up by Pamela Voorhees, um, narrowly escapes, and then ultimately gets murdered by Pamela. Anyways, there's some other stuff, like there's a snake in one of the cabins, and the kid has to chop it with a machete, and all kinds of stuff like that that happens. Yeah, that part was a bummer. You yeah. see a real snake get chopped up by a, a real shovel. Yeah. Yeah. Hated it. <clears throat> Anyways, here's another one of my favorite things about these movies. I like that it persists throughout all of them. Thunderstorm rolls in. Christy goes into town to go to that diner. One of my favorite. Oof, just looks so good on screen. The big red diner in that rain. Just so good. I do like it, but I also... It happens a lot in this movie, this yeah. kind of problem. But I do love watching like an 80s, 70s or 80s movie blown up oh, into yeah. 1080 yeah and you can see shit that you're not supposed to see because yeah. they're like ah no one will ever fucking notice it yeah. but i love love in old movies where you can very clearly see a rain machine and the rain in the scene is going is panning from yeah. left to right yeah or just little stuff like when uh, kevin bacon gets stabbed through the neck his neck is four shades lighter than the rest of his face yeah i think one of the neck. biggest problems with that effect is they didn't make the flesh tone red enough like his face is flush yeah and, and i'm sure very red and I'm sure when it was, like, in theaters, it looked fine. And then yeah. when you watched it on your VHS player or even on a DVD, it probably looks fine. Yeah. Um, but from here, yeah, a rain kind of rolls in. And uh, one of the Kevin Bacon's, like, girlfriend gives this weird, odd... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, description of this dream she has where it starts raining blood and yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of blood talk. Camp blood, dreams of blood, all kinds of shit like that. Whatever. They go off into a cabin to make sex they do make sex other stuff happens but we'll just cut to the chase she goes off to the bathroom and gets murdered like i said i do like the scene with 
<laughs> her going in there and you knowing that there's a killer in there and you know another girl i think gets killed in there or at least is a little stalked in there whatever also, kevin bacon every girl in this movie and i think the next one yeah it's raining like crazy they just made sex I'm gonna go run to my car or another cabin or the bathroom. I'm gonna put on my raincoat, no pants for some reason. Yeah. I gotta hike a mile to this outhouse, no pants. Hey, you're gonna catch your death out there. Literally. I mean <laughs> not by not by like the ninth way ninth yeah. way, but it's raining. It's cold. Yeah. Put on some pants. Um some of the other camp counselors are playing strip monopoly. Not a thing. Not a thing, but I do I do like the character who proposes it. Um, her name is Brenda, and uh, yeah, she's bookish. She wears like a nightgown and carries a candle holder when the light's off, and uh, yeah, reads books and comes up with things like Strip Monopoly. She's fun. I like Brenda. Brenda's my favorite character. Brenda's a good time, yeah. Yeah, I really like Brenda. I think, I think Brenda's my favorite character as well. Okay. Well, we're going to retouch on that. I have a list here of Friday the 13th questions to ask you about each movie. But... Um, yeah, they do the strip poker thing, or not poker, yeah, you know, Monopoly. Um, long story short, slowly everybody gets murdered. We do also see, um, I, I, I like uh, Alice, our main character, getting left there, and then there's that boy that comes in, and she's like, hey, something weird's going on. I saw the lights down by the archery range come on and stuff like that, and she sent that boy off, that boy gets murdered. She's the last one, right? She's the sole survivor. And then we have, like, Christy trying to come home, to the camp and his car like uh, breaks down and the cop gives him a ride but then gets a call about like an emergency job of the life situation he's like hey i gotta drop you off he drops him off and christy walks the rest of the way bumps into pamela Voorhees, gets murdered i oh we missed my absolute favorite i know character. we're gonna we're gonna backtrack to it. okay um i do like this scene i like it's a pov of him and like you get the sense or not of him but of pamela Voorhees, and you get the sense right before he dies that he kind of knows her a little bit because mm -hmm. um, he goes like oh hey what are you doing out here um, again, really wish they would have like played up that a little more, like you know, Pamela Voorhees would have been around a little more. But or at all. What are you gonna do? Let's go to backtrack now that I've mentioned cops to the scene where the cop shows up. She shows up at the camp. Yeah. Um comic relief kids doing a racist thing with like an Indian headdress mm -hmm. on or whatever and he comes up, he's like, your kid's high or whatever, and Kevin Bacon comes out, just clearly very high. Like, nah, man, and, like, touching his motorcycle and stuff. He's like, fucking yeah. knock it off. And yeah. he's just, like, giving these kids the rub. And I don't know. I don't know why. Can't tell you. This cop, my favorite guy in the yeah. whole movie. He's just, he's a motorcycle cop, and he's kind of a dweeby, but, like, uh -huh. thinks he's, like, carries himself like he's cool. Yeah. And thinks he's hot shit for sure. Thinks he's hot shit for sure. And he's like, you kids keep your fucking noses Little clean, clean yeah. or whatever. And, uh... And then he goes to leave, and he, like, drives forward, and, like, I think the idea was he was supposed to do, like, a cool spin around mm -hmm. with the bike, but it's, like, kind of this, like, stop, stutter, kind of, like, almost falls off of it kind of thing. Don't know if that was intentional for the movie or not. Yeah. But it made me laugh. <laughs> Um, and that's pretty much the roundup of the movie to that point, I think. From here, you get the big final chase. Not one of my favorites, necessarily. I think there are better final chases as this movie, this movie series of movies goes on. Um, but basically, we get the reveal of Pamela. They fight a little bit. Um, they end up on the beach. And yes, uh, Alice chops her head off with a machete. And uh, then we get my personal favorite scene of the movie. Uh, she rows out into um, into the woods, and uh, my partner brought it up. I've been saying like, it for a long time. She rows out into the lake. What did I say? 
the woods. Oh yeah, my bad. She's, uh, she's on a canoe and just, uh, just <laughs> trying to get it into the woods. But this last little bit, kind of like proto, like kind of Twin Peaksy vibes. You get kind of like a Twin Peaksy kind of soundtrack. Yeah. You get the woods woman in trouble. She's kind of laying there, or whatever. The cops show up and she kind of looks at them very whimsically, as if, you know, she's in no rush. She's just, you know, kind of comforted by the sight of the cops and then out of nowhere uh presumably jason grabs her pulls her into the lake uh great way to end this movie um it's something that uh cinemassacre's james ralph also mentioned uh obviously fade to black there and send everybody home on a scare but they don't instead they have to cut to the hospital and do that whole thing with the what about the boy the boy jason and the 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 cops like ma'am we dragged that lake we didn't find no boy and then the credits roll. I do like, I do, I do, however, like the little shot of back to the lake and it's just the water. I just, I, I, I don't know how they did it. Maybe they just got lucky, but it's just the water. It's really still. And just, just like one air bubble comes up and maybe another one over here. Like, oh, something's down there. It's good. It's spooky. Yeah. Um, I will um, I keep talking about what you were talking about. I just thought of something that I meant to tell you about. And uh, I forgot, and now we're going to look it up, so uh, vamp. Well, at this point, I'm pretty much at my Friday the 13th, uh, you know, question list, so... Oh, okay, well, hold on. Yeah. Brief pause, then. All right, do you know who Ari Lehman is? Nope. He is the kid. He's 60 now, so he's no longer a kid, but he's the guy that played Jason when he comes out of the lake. And a very long time ago, I just stumbled upon his Instagram. Yeah. Um, he's a heavy metal musician now. Okay. He looks like this. All right. Um, his Instagram name is First Jason Thirteen. Uh huh. Um, do you want to guess what his band's name is? Probably something like Jason and the Voorheeses. Nope. First Jason. Oh, okay. And their whole motif is that he was the first Jason, and they use like pictures of the hockey mask and stuff like that. And okay. It's just strange. It is odd. just strange. Yeah. All right. Here's my Friday the 13th corner. Um, this one's a little tricky. Jason isn't in the movie much, but yep. specifically the design of him as a child, and maybe Pamela Voorhees as a villain. Uh, Jason's drip. I'd say 10 out of 10 because he's wet, so he's dripping the whole time. <laughs> no, you like the way the kid looks, I suppose. Is that a good design for, for the mysterious boy of the lake? Yeah. Yeah, you like that? Um, I think this is my favorite. Later on in the series, they'll show him in like little vis- visions, mm-hmm. and and he's is always odd. Even like in Jason Takes Manhattan, I think he's portrayed as like a not deformed child, and I think that makes it a little less, you know, like with the folklore. I just feel like kids yeah. always play it up, like they'd be like, "Oh, he was weird, and he was like the Elephant Man or something." That's why yeah. nobody liked him, you know. Yeah, I, I that's a great question. I don't know how I feel about him looking like the Elephant Man. Um, like I guess I like it, and it makes sense. But like I don't know. Like it's like like with this, the side of his head is so big, mm-hmm. and the next one, the side of his head is so big. And then as the movies go on, he's got an egg-shaped head that fits into a hockey mask. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a, a strange, and I want more continuity. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, it is odd. Like like I said, I do have a, there's a, there's a point of contention, like to make someone who's different like a villain kind of a yeah. thing. But like I said, for for the background of it being like a a children's tale that kind of inadvertently mm-hmm. comes to life. I, I think that that tracks with, of course, he would be. Like, and I, I think the child design looks great. I also do like Pamela Voorhees. That's a great actress. 
Oh, yeah. She just looks menacing. She sounds menacing. Absolutely. Great sweater choice. Again, just wish there would have been more of her. If but also her and Alice, the main girl, mm-hmm. rolling around, punching each other. Yeah. She looks dumb. <laughs> just like silly. Um, what about Pamela Voorhees? You're, you're agreeing. You're saying. Yeah, she's cool. Looks good. Yeah. Yeah, sure. She's yeah. spooky. Just for the sake of it, you want to you wanna give it like a... Nah, we'll just cut that a little bit. All right. Number two, vibes. Vibes? Just the general atmosphere of the movie. The, the, the Like I said, the look... The cabins, this is a good campground. You like these, you know, set set pieces, the way that the interiors, the cabins look, that kind of a thing. Is, a good, you know, is this a good vibe? You like the vibes of this? No. Aesthetically, no? No, none of it no. feels consistent to me. Some yeah. of these cabins look like homes, and some of them look like shacks. Okay. And, um, yeah, I don't know. None of this movie really gels to me, and, like, none of it's... I didn't really notice any of that at all. Like, okay. I, I just... I, yeah, I, I, yeah. My next question doesn't work because we've only discussed one so far, so we'll talk about it in a second. It's just ranking overall, so mm. it's one item list at this point. Um, again, we've discussed you don't like it. There's a lot of things I don't like, a lot of characters I don't care for. Uh, you have also answered already, but for the sake of having these sections, go ahead and answer again. Uh, favorite character? Favorite character, girl that gets shot with an arrow. Shot with an arrow. Is that how Brenda dies? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I believe so. Yeah, okay. Uh, in this movie, specifically, we're talking about where he shows up. I know it's a dream, but whatever. How bad Jason be stanking? Um, that looked like a stanky Jason. He looked like a stanky Jason, but he also... I don't know. He he he, he has that lake, lake stank. Yeah? Which you think is, he just smells like stank? It's, it's stank, stank, but also at the same time, a lake stank ain't that bad of a stank. Yeah. Um, I think... If I'm remembering the stink of a lake, right? You know, I mean, it smells like a fish, probably. Which is bad, but it could be way worse. (laughs) Uh, Favorite scare? Favorite scare? uh, Him coming out of the lake, I think. Yeah, for for sure. sure. For sure. That's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's good. Really good. I knew it was coming, but... Yeah. No, I just think it's good. I think even even knowing, I still like, yep, that's just classic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the one thing the movie really nails, is that... Absolutely. That 10 seconds. That's the only thing really worthwhile. I think the whole thing is like, there you go. And then they immediately piss all over it by having they a regular hospital. Uh, which kind of lends into the next, I'm assuming. I'm asking just best and worst. Your best, I'm assuming, is the, the, the Jason coming out of the lake. Mm-hmm. It's also my best. I've already mentioned my worst, which is the weird sexual tension kind of scene between Christy and Alice with his shirt off while they're fixing the gutters. I just don't like that scene. What's your worst? Uh, the strip monopoly scene. Strip monopoly. It's the most boring thing I've ever seen. I like I it's like even while they're taking their clothes off, I'm yeah. like I'm going to fall asleep right now. I can't like it, it's just it, it, it listen to just how bad uh, all the dialogue is and all the actors are in this movie. It is just the most stale thing I've like I'm like it feels like I'm watching people play checkers yeah. inside of the civic center of a church. Like it's just I want I can't just like a drool is coming out of my mouth. I'm so bored. What are you giving this movie? What am I giving this movie? Yeah. Um, I'm giving this movie a D. Okay. Solid D. Solid D. I went C plus. Uh, just the last couple of roundup things. Um, at the end of the day, um, I don't. I'm not saying they nailed it or it's like a you know something to be applauded. Uh, but I do like it. It the twist being that it's like his mom, although it's not. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, you know, motivation, 
you know, the Revenge of the Sun thing, you know. Um, and uh, I think I'm probably going to give this one a C plus. Okay. Because this is one, like I said, I don't put it up there with, like, Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but, like, it's usually the one that, as I said before, for vibes, I just kind of like, you know, the same way that, um, you know, some people really like, like, foggy cemeteries and stuff. As I've mentioned, I don't really give a shit about summer camps just in general. I don't. Um, but like I said, there is something about how colorful this one is and just the slice of Americana scenes, like the little, you know, uh, you know, lunch table in the town and and uh, the diner in the rain and stuff like that and the yellow raincoats. There are just things about this that just, you know, I like. Um, but overall, you know, this is obviously a cheap you know cash grab yep. maybe it's it's not Good. really of any value uh and i don't think there's anything more to say about part one cut to part two now we're going to talk about part two uh meanwhile between that cut right there uh chris took a work phone call i took a shower and now elton's here <laughs> <laughs> hey how's it going um part two part two what can be said about part two uh, uh, someone had written you a letter Oh, yeah. Well, let me check my email real quick. Friday the 13th, part two. Looks like this thing was made in... Well, it doesn't say off the top of it. Hey, it's me again. Remember the last time we spoke and I said Paramount and Warner Brothers saw the success of Halloween and said, hey, let's do that, but worse, and make a lot of cash. Well, they did it twice. Friday the 13th came out, made about $60 million. And the production company said, again, do it again. Now, right now, go. Stop talking to me and make another Friday the 13th movie right now. We've already started filming it, and it comes out next week. Hurry up. So 357 days, that's less than a year, later, Friday the 13th Part 2 was released in theaters. Would I say this film was rushed? Yes. Would I say it feels that way? Yes. And so would you. Uh, the first 15 minutes of this thing are the last 15 minutes of the previous film, and the climax ends with the killer grabbing our protagonist, a fade to white, then a shot of our main character being placed into the back of an ambulance. Like they forgot to film that section and ran out of time? I don't know. It's just... I'm just so confused. And also, it's not even 90 minutes long. Uh, I like it more than the first one. 5.5 out of 10. Cowboy face emoji. This movie's buck wild, Chris. Yeah. Uh, it's just the same movie again from the last one, except yeah. they're on the other side of the lake. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a shit ton more kids who end up leaving before anything starts happening. And they forgot <clears> to <throat> shoot the end of it. I can't stress that enough. I... <laughs> Chris, what's your experience with uh, Friday the 13th Part 2? I saw it, and it is one of the ones that ends up being forgettable for me. Mm -hmm. It's definitely forgettable. What about you, Elton? I've seen the last 10 minutes or so uh, in Friday the 13th Part 3, and that's my experience with it. Okay, cool. What's your experience with it? I watched it two, two days ago. <laughs> the end. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the letter, yes, the, the, this movie and the movie series does do this often, the first 5, 10, 15 minutes, just depending on which entry. And it's crazy, because I love when Rocky does it. Yeah. I hate it when these movies do it. will be a recap, um, and then after that, we are in Alice's apartment. I believe uh, she yes. shot for like one day. 
Yes. Didn't yes. even get the script beforehand. Like, got the dialogue on set or maybe had to improv the dialogue. Whatever. She's having a dream, which is a flashback, which I don't think has ever happened to a human <laughs> being, ever. Um, she talks to her mom on the phone or whatever. Basically, Jason Voorhees is here and kills her. Yeah. Her mom's like, why don't you come home and stay with us? And she's yeah. like, I'm doing fine. Plus, I'm just going to wake you up with all the screaming I'm doing constantly. Is she supposed to be close to camp? crystal lake or did jason just travel that's a great question he got on a bus yeah it reminds me of uh halloween when uh, halloween uh, when mr halloween goes all the way to yes. california to get his sister or in um rob zombies halloween 2 where most of that movie is him walking through a field yeah anyways then we get i assume the credits yada 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 whatever flash to our new group so there's a new camp across the lake they're training counselors Yes. Yeah. They're not even opening a camp or like that. There's just a training facility for counselors. And uh, there's a guy who runs this thing. He's the adult. He's the adult, I guess. His assistant is his girlfriend. Who's not supposed to be because she's like one of his protégés. Yeah, she's yeah. his employee. They should yeah. not be dating, correct? Um, she shows up late. He's pissed about this. She drops that she's in grad school and is a child psychologist-to-be um then from there they do a couple of whatever's like jogging or just kind of having fun or whatever oh yeah they're all just hanging out yeah a girl gets slingshotted in the butt with a rock we yes there's a pervy character who does pervy things like that yeah he is thirsty he's thirsty but also he's like the handsome one mm-hmm. and he like hold on i'm gonna pull up a picture of this guy for you is he the one who was doing the handstands no no, no that's that's another movie. movie um his name better be Chad. He's definitely a Chad. I did not spell that right. Um, yeah, I got no idea what this guy's name is. He's not showing up on IMDb. Is he Scott? Yeah, he's Scott. Yeah, Mark's the one in the wheelchair. Scott. Images. This is him, Elton. Ooh. And I would say this guy's so handsome, he's ugly. Yeah. Yeah. uh... Like, he's so, like, symmetrical, and his eyes are so blue, and he's got that mouth, and he's just hard to look at. Right? Hard to look at? Yeah. Hmm. There's just something off about him. Something off about him. He kind of looks like a... He looks like a TV portrayal of a serial killer. Yeah, absolutely. Too perfect. He looks like off-brand, what is his name... He's Cyclops. He's in Sonic. Uh-huh. He's in Enchanted. You know who I'm talking about? Okay. Well, well, anyways, after a little while of fucking around. Yes. Thank you. I do know who you're talking about. Thank you. I don't know his name, yeah. After a little while of fucking around, um, I think there's a couple of characters. One who wears that, like, oh, yeah, let's go back to the town. Uh, there's the guy who wears, like, the Jamie Heineman hat. The, like, Newsies hat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's uh, a beret, isn't it? Whatever. <laughs> Kinda. No, think, it's, it's somehow worse than I that. I think AAA war. James Marston. Like that. That's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, his truck gets like towed, but it's a prank. Whatever. Flash forward. <laughs> Get pranked, yeah. His girlfriend, who, by the way, apparently lied about her age. She was 17. They filmed nude scenes with her. Then they found out how old she was and destroyed the footage. Such a funny way to say that. Destroyed the footage. Um she becomes enamored with the idea of camp crystal lake they've already been advised by the guy who runs this training camp like don't go there and she's like we're going there they, they go also there. all run into you're doomed man yes Who's ralph is back also ralph this is, is five years later oh yes yeah that's something else worth saying um 
they wander onto the camp, get arrested by the cops. The cops bring him back to the camp. I do like this scene. It's funny enough. Where he's like, uh, you know, like, punish these kids or whatever. He's like, um, Shelly, no seconds on desserts for these two. That's yeah, I, I do like this scene because yeah. the cop is, I hate to say it, cop is absolutely correct. Yeah. He's like, hey, listen, I got to keep kids out of that spooky haunted camp. Please keep your kids out of there. And this camp counselor, for some reason, is just is like, like f- cab bitch. Fuck I'm not, the police. Yeah. I am not dealing with this guy. And it's great. I love it. I do like it. And then the cop is leaving, sees a, sh- a Bigfoot-esque shadow run across the street into the woods. Exactly. And chases after him. And this might be my favorite part of the movie. Oh, him scurrying across the road. Because this actor, who plays the police officer... Did not know the role required running. Has never run before in his life. My theory is they hired this guy, they auditioned him, thought, yeah, good actor, good enough actor. I think he can do these scenes, let's hire him. Came in, did all of his scenes, were great, now we're going to do the running stuff. And they saw him him running, and everyone's like, ah, shit, all right. (laughs) We literally don't have time. Yeah. This and movie then, comes out in less than a year. And then uh, he dies, I think. I don't know. Yeah, he stumbles into the shack. You love Jason's shack. Oh, my God. Jason has a shack in the middle of the woods, and yeah. it's my favorite thing. It's At- so impressive that it's Elton. It's made out of garbage. Yeah, what size is it? It's like the size of this house. Oh, really? Wow. But made out of just like... like sheet metal yeah, and he, like tarp. Yeah, oh. it, it's huge. Yeah. And it's great. And my favorite... My favorite I lied. This is my favorite part of the movie. I love that he got a toilet. Yeah, he's but he worked toilet. out no kind of system. It's like just, it has water in it. Yeah. Toilet. He's got a composting toilet. Um, uh, Our main character, protagonist at the end, whatever her name is, the camp counselor's girlfriend, she's running through the woods after seeing Jason kill a bunch of people, and she runs along, she stumbles onto his shack in the middle of the woods and goes, help, help, somebody in there, help me. And it's like, obviously obviously this is his home no other no one besides a boy beast would live in here yeah yeah um her name is guinea field jenny jenny field jenny 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 anyway anyways jenny calls him a boy beast at the bar earlier it made me laugh yeah um so yeah basically that's kind of what happens is a couple of them fuck off to the bar a couple of them stay home mark uh, has a lady, don't know her name. She's thirsty too. She really She's is. really trying to bang Mark. Um, doctors say Mark's never going to walk again, but Mark says, I'm not spending the rest of my life in this chair. Great guy. I like this Mark guy. Yeah. And I like and I like the love interest, the girl that wants to bang him. That's my favorite character. I like her a lot. Yeah, she's great. Um, she's not my favorite character. She, She's so horny, and she's like, we're going to play this like handheld football game yeah. to fuck. What? and i don't know she's like we're gonna play for position or whatever yeah and they just have that conversation for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. where he's like is are you saying what i'm thinking you're saying and she's like i would like to have sex with you after we play this football game yeah. he's like are you getting at what i'm thinking we're getting at and she's like i'm gonna have sex with you in your wheelchair after we play this football game and he's like oh and he's like Auga. and then they're talking and she's like oh also can can you do sex? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, everything that's supposed to work works. And she's like, okay, cool. And he's like, I'm not going to be, the doctors say I'm going to be in this wheelchair for the rest of my life, but I disagree. I'm getting out of this one day. And then two minutes later, Jason shows up and proves his doctor's right. He died in that wheelchair. That's true. Yeah. Um, so basically, another thing mentioned uh, worth mentioning is there's a guy in there. I think his name's like Stu Charno or Cherno or some shit like that. He's in an episode of the X-Files. If you like the X-Files, it's Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Do I like him? Not that much. I like him in this movie. Cool. He's the right-head guy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, he's okay. A girl loses her dog because she brought a dog here for some reason. She named did. Muffin. She did. Um, she did. You said there's a bad guy that's not Jason? No. No. Oh, sorry. I'm hearing things. And uh, I don't know. The kids just fuck around for a while, and then Jason yeah. shows up in the, with a sack over his head and starts just chopping them up. Yeah, basically. Um, Stu Cherno, Charno, whatever, uh, avoids all this as well as with the extras, but who cares about them? But, uh, yeah, Stu Cherno lives this just because he's slamming just two dozen rolling rocks. Yeah, more he's than got a lot of beers on that table. Yeah, more than half of the 30 counselors leave to go to the bar. Yeah. And then six of them stay behind, mm-hmm. including Stu. Yeah, anyways, long story short, they all get murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's just. How would be sometimes, I guess. They show, she shows up at his shack in the middle of the woods, mm-hmm. sees his dead mom's head. She pretends to be his mom because she's Next got all those sweater. child psychology mm-hmm. smarts. So she puts a sweater on yeah. and goes, Jason, mommy says no. Yeah. And he's like, oh, geez, okay. And then yeah. he like kneels down because she tells him to and she's going to slice him up. Yeah. And, and I'm 50-50 on the sweater thing. Like it's such a big part of the series, you know. The sweater, yeah. Um, no, just this thing. Like, this is a big part. Like, the her outsmarting Jason like that. Yeah. And I do like that that's usually how the ending goes, is that they outsmart him to some degree. And it does give it, like, a Dracula kind of a, you know, like, mythology. I mean, I sense. guess. But I also feel like he's dumb as hell. He's a boy beast. So <laughs> I don't I don't think he's very smart. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but just this thing with the the, with the, 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 the the artifacts and the, the relics and, like, using them the way you would, like, some kind of book or something or, like, a, a dagger or something. It's, like I said, I'm 50-50 on it. Works real good for the video game. Yeah. Anyways. They knew. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of chasing that happens. This chase, the most nord- notable thing is that she's hiding under a bed and a rat makes her piss, and that's what gives away her look to yeah, Mr. Jason. that's true. Mr. That Jason. happens. She thinks he's gone, but really he's standing on a chair and he's about to pitchfork her, but his weight makes the chair break and he falls. She also kicks him in the balls at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's chasing her through the woods and it's so strange because it's a montage of him chasing her and then cuts to the moon and then cuts back to them chasing and then like fades to like the lake and then fades. Because I, in my heart of hearts, much like the fade to white ending in this movie, I bet you they, they shot a bunch of that of them running through the woods and then got back to the editing bay where we're like, Oh, none of this connects. There's no cohesion. <laughs> There's no beginning, middle, or end to this yeah. chase. So uh, it's a montage. Yeah. Um, anything else? I mean, there's a storm that happens just like the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of it, how does she get Jason? How does she get him? He's attacking her boyfriend, and she gets him with a cleaver in the uh, arm. In the arm. And then they run back to their cabin. Yeah. And then, uh-oh. Everything's fine, and then, uh-oh, so there's a rustling at the door, and so they take the pitchfork and break it in half, and she's sitting there with the pitchfork ready to stab, and he's got the handle of the pitchfork ready to club, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and he opens the door, and, uh-oh, it's the girl's dog that was lost earlier, mm-hmm. and then Jason busts in through the window and, and grabs, grabs her, her, and then it Which fades Which I think to white. the idea here is, I've read that this is uh, debated whether this is a dream sequence or not. <laughs> this part. <laughs> It's supposed to be like recreating the lake thing, but different. If yeah. you don't give this movie that much credit, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, okay. I guess they kind of do tell you that at the end of the uh, the beginning of the next one because mm-hmm. they do the same thing in part three, but then they put new footage in there where you see him get up and take the thing out of his arm. So I guess I guess you're right. I guess that didn't happen. Yeah, and then it just kind of yeah, like you said, fades to white, and she's in the back of a, a little you know ambulance. 
And uh, that's kind of credits. Yeah. Uh, the first movie has like a 60, 63 on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. This one has a 29. Mm-hmm. This one is not that good. Do you have any anything to say before I move on to my I mean, it, it, it's just as bad when it comes to dialogue uh, and character as the first one, but yeah. I like these actors just a little bit more, so they kind of make up for it for mm-hmm. me. I like these kids way more than I like the last kids. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. Like I said, I, I like Mark and, and his love interest, mm-hmm. uh, Jenny Heineman. Not happy Pat, that... Not so much. Uh, yeah, I hate that guy. I'm not happy that... Uh, Ralph bit the dust? Uh, Ralph bit the dust. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that sucked. Ralph should have stuck around even longer. Yeah, Ralph should be... Ralph should be the... Um, that's what I'm looking for. Ralph should be the Jamie Lee Curtis of the series. Yeah, always he coming should, back. He should always be coming back. Um, also, something that was pointed out to me at a certain point by somebody somewhere out there in some kind of retrospective on some YouTube video. Um, first time uh, they meet Ralph at the camp, he's he's like hiding in the, the pantry, like in a closet. Mm-hmm. And then when they find his dead body, he's in a pantry closet. So. Yeah. Anyways, uh, right off the rip, how's Jason's drip? Great. Love it. Love the second. Yeah, Love the, the one eye. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I love uh, when he takes it off and he looks exactly like Sloth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, also predates Sloth a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, wearing that big old overall blue jean with some flannel. You know, really looking like a man of the woods. It's good. Love it. Love yeah. the pitchfork. It's all a good look. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of 50-50 on it, just like the whole movie. It's uh-huh. a nice transitory look. I like it in the progression. Like, you know, there's always debate of like the whole thing where it's like you know um is he alive is he a man i i think i fall in the category where up until the fourth movie he's probably some kind of a live man who just some kind of boy beast you love that i love boy beast yeah yeah um and then at that point he legitimately does die there is a movie um where he's brought back to life and from then on he has more of his like supernatural strength supernatural you know like teleporting abilities and he's he's very much so like a like a like a zombie at that point or a deadite as the ninth film kind of solidifies as what don't, jason don't is spoil it for me sorry anyways uh how about vibes just the camp the look of the camp rainy don't love it bar. but i like it more than the last one yeah somehow yeah yeah yeah, I yeah. like it a little less. I, I, I do like that one big house. You really only get the one big house, I feel like, in this one, right? I mean, there's some outhouse shit. There's a bar. And I think they go to their little cabins a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but you got that big main house. I don't know if I like it more than the first big main house. But, yeah. In my mind, they're the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, overall ranking? Uh, I'm, putting, I'm putting this at number one, baby. Yeah. Uh, well, to go back to the uh, all the same, this one, it's like, uh, might be, I think it's like two stories. It's got like white finish with like a blue building. The other one's just like straight up like Evil Dead Cabin. Okay. In the first one. Anyways, uh, favorite character in this one? Uh, my favorite character in this is probably, I'm looking at the cast list right now, Terry. Is she the one that likes Mark? She's the one with the Mickey Mouse shirt. They get oh, shot right. in the butt. I like the one. We totally glazed over the fact that there's a point where she's like, I'm going on a walk, you guys. Dead ass night. Dead ass in the middle of the forest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Insane. Dead ass. Not a walk. She just went down to the lake, took all her clothes off, and skinny dipped alone at night in the woods. Yeah, and then looked for her dog that she brought for some reason. 
the hell of what I said does any of it sound like something you can do alone no not at all and like yeah, you, in the woods here's my here, like here's my big thing with these movies so far do you know why Terry's my favorite character what because I think she's cute and that's it that's all <laughs> anyone in this movie has going for them because they're not people so I'm like yeah. I guess I like Terry the best yeah um nope I take it back you know who I like the most huh. the guy who's in the X-Files the redhead guy <laughs> Stu Charno I like Stu I think Stu's a lot of fun smart guy there's that part where he's at the bar and the bartender walks up to him and he takes the two beer bottles and puts them over his eyes. Yeah. Like they're goggles. That's fun. Or when he talks to that suave old man about if there's any after hours Mars around here. Yes. That and the is... guy goes, yes. And he goes and walks away without finding out another where the moment are. to me that's very Twin Peaksy. Yeah. Because no, there's not a fucking after hours bar in the town where Camp Crystal Lake happens. You are at the bar. Yeah, that is the bar. Slash casino. This also, is why is this guy dressed in like, from what I remember, he's in like tails. He's in like. Yeah, he, I, in my mind, he's got like a fancy walking cane with him. Yeah. So uh, that's going in in my book as number two Twin Peaksy moment in the series so far. Um, Yeah, how bad, how bad Jason be stanking? Jason be stinking real bad. You think so? Jason is a boy beast who lives in the woods in this <laughs> weird shack with a toilet that doesn't flush. Yeah, I'm saying there's a chance he's stankier than uh, than lake floor. Oh, is. for sure. He's wearing yeah. overalls and like a thermal flannel button up and yeah. a, a sack over his head. Yeah, he's stinking. That boy's stinking. Does he swim frequently though? I don't know. Doesn't he's... seem like so far, but later in the series we do see him in the water a lot more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He either, yeah, he's either like traumatized by the water or he just loves getting out there. It just seems like home to him. It's either, it's mm. one of those. Yeah. Mm. Somewhere in the middle. Uh, favorite scare. Favorite scare? Yeah. Chris, can't think of any. Neither can I. Can't think of a single one that happens in this movie. No. I mean, Mark gets the machete in the head and then falls down the stairs like the exorcist. Mm hmm. I like that shot enough. Um, I might put that at my best just for lack of there being another one. I might even, as gross as it sounds, put the pissin' to give away your loke scene at the best just because that's something I've never seen anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. I No, I, I, I remember. If I was that scared, I might piss too. I think mine is when she gets to Jason's cabin. She's looking around and realizes, oh, fuck, this is where Boy Beast lives. Yeah. And she's like, oh, God. And she just she's walking around, and she walks by one of the, quote-unquote, windows that yeah. are in there. And you can just see him on the other <laughs> side of the forest just sprinting towards her. And it's not like they cut to a shot of yeah. that. Like, you just naturally see it out of yeah. the window. It's, that is good. It's great. I yeah. like it. Yeah. What about worst? What's the bottom, like, just the worst thing in this movie? The dog. The dog? The dog. Yeah. yeah. When they open up the door, and it's the dog. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. For me, a lot of this ends up being pretty forgettable. Also, back to her walking out in the woods by herself at night. One, she lets her dog go just out into the woods and doesn't really care about finding them. Yeah. And then also walks in the woods alone at night. They spend a very long time at the beginning of this movie telling all the counselors, hey, y'all, this is bear country. Yeah. Watch out for bears. You can't wear cologne or perfume. Because we got bears out here. Is this a bad place to keep kids? Yeah, for sure. This is bear country. I'm going to retroactively put Friday the 13th maybe more in the D category, I think. Good. Bad. Um, and for this one, I'm probably going to drop it down to the F, F category. Yeah. You give yeah. this one an F? Yeah. I'm going to give this one an F. Okay. I give the last one a D. I'm giving this one a D plus. Oh. 
All right. Any closing thoughts on the second one? No, I don't got a lot of thoughts about either of these. No, not really. Uh, do you think that Jason is full of goop? When he gets cleaved in the arm and in like the neck, he gets chopped, right? And it goes pretty deep. Yeah. They don't ever show his insides, and mm-hmm. uh, we've seen his regenerative powers. Do you think he's full of goop? Well, to be fair, we're all full of goop. No, but I mean like, <laughs> like solid goop. You know, like yeah. like if you cut into him, would it be like cutting into clay? Like he's flubber. Yeah. Or, maybe uh, grommet. He does bleed. Yeah, I've thrown so my maybe. hat in the ring. At this point, I think he's man. You think he's man? I, I think, think he's, he's boy beast. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think that might be that mantras man. Thanks for coming, Elton. (laughs) Thanks for having me. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 